Wrestle Kingdom is in the books for another year. Welcome to the Instant Reaction Podcast, a little bonus action from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio here in Calgary. My name is Peter Klein. This is uh, the Couch Potato Diary Instant Reaction for Wrestle Kingdom 16, Night 2. Uh, unbelievable show. Just wrapped up the main event. We will go through this one by one. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, follow me on social media, all that fun stuff. Let's get right into it, because again, it is five in the goddamn morning here in Calgary. Um, match number one on this card. Three matches on the dark um, portion of this show in kind of the, the pre-show stuff. I will admit I didn't watch a lick of it. it it's it's late here, and I slept through them. So um, I'll do, I'm sure they were lovely matches, um, multi-man tags and whatnot. Uh, but the first match on the show, it was Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against the Bullet Club. El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori and Ryusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero. I don't know how much this was sold on the Japanese broadcast, but on the English broadcast, they sure made a lot out of uh, Taguchi potentially. I, I think I called them Ryusuke 269s instead of, you know, Becky Two Belts because uh, Taguchi was the 69th junior heavyweight champion in the history of the IWGP belt. And if he and Rocky Romero could pull off the win, he would become the member of the 69th IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. And that's that, that's just fantastic stuff. So we'll get into it here. Um, I just, I love seeing Tiger Mask this involved in things. It's it's just, it's cool to see the, the legends involved in this way. I think New Japan does a really good job of having the legends around, not focusing on them too much, but not embarrassing them either. Um, one of the standouts to me, and he is always one of the standouts when we get into the junior heavyweight division, Taiji Ishimori, I think is one of the best wrestlers on the planet. And he is one of my favorite wrestlers to watch in uh, in New Japan and just in wrestling in general right now. And I really feel like he is being underutilized in this tag team specifically. So I am hoping that this is kind of the end of this tag team. I'm breaking up a lot of tag teams this weekend and uh, don't have a lot of um, follow-ups for them. So we'll, we'll see what comes out of this one. Match was a bit all over the place, but it was a fun, fast-paced match. The main story in this one, uh, they get El Fantasmo down, they take off his boot, and wouldn't you know it, there is a tiny little piece of metal in that boot. So the referee makes the call of eliminating Fantasmo and Ishimori. An interesting way to, to end the, the, the metal boot, loaded boot story that's been going on all summer. I didn't think there were DQs in triple threat matches. And that was the only part that kind of was kind of a, well, that's weird to me. But I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to raise too much of a stink uh, about it. The, the remaining teams exchange near falls and in the end, uh, Eagles gets the submission win on Rocky Romero. So uh, Taguchi's dream of being the 69th junior heavyweight tag team champion is going to have to wait at least one more day. Um, one of the things I took from this one is I really underrate Robbie Eagles. Like In the ring, he is so smooth and just so crisp. As a personality, I find him rather blah. But from a, an in-ring perspective, I, I think he's really, really good and really talented, and uh, I definitely need to give him more credit. One of the show stealers coming up next as Saya Kamitani, the Wonder of Stardom champion, and Tom Nakano from uh, the Cosmic Angels taking on Starlight Kid, the High Speed champion, and Mayo Iwatani from 
stardom. Um, this is an amazing spotlight. They said the first time in like 20 years that there had been a uh, women's match on the the main portion of a Tokyo Dome show for uh, for New Japan. And this was the perfect showcase for stardom. I was looking at a stardom subscription during this match. It's something I need to do anyway. I've admitted before that that's a blind spot for me and I have no good reason for it. I, I should be watching more stardom and these performers showed exactly why. Um, you, you had Kid and Saya with a very quick start. Um, Iwatami, uh, Iwatani, sorry, and Kid doing dual faint, um, tiger faint kicks. Again, I'm apologizing for stumbling. It's five in the morning. Um, and then they hit some standing moonsaults. It was just, it was a tremendous match. It was quick. It was fluid. You like Starlight Kid looks like she is in fast forward every time. Uh, Iwatani, you can see why she is kind of the, the ace of. Um, of stardom and Kamatani and Nakano also showed out very very well as well in the end Kamatani gets the victory and but I, I just thought this was a tremendous showcase for stardom could not have gone any better for that promotion match three the king of pro wrestling whatever the hell as uh, Shima takes on Chase Owens takes on Toru Yanu takes on Minoru Suzuki I laughed out loud at the spot where Shima had Yano in the, the death lock, and Suzuki kept like slapping him and knocking him over, so Shima would fall, and Yano would just start screaming even more because he's still in this lock. I thought that was really, really good stuff. And Shima got a lot of the, the, the spotlight in this bout, and it was it was really cool to see that early on. In the end, uh, Suzuki hits the gotch-style pile driver for the win, and I, I think this is an interesting evolution now of... The, the the king of pro wrestling because now Suzuki gets to pick what the stipulations are in these matches and that character is one that you can get very creative with. Um, I, I would get concerned that it might kind of bleed into the same style as the the never open weight championship, but I, I think it's interesting and I would I would just I would like this a lot more if there was something on the line. Just at the end, you're the king of pro wrestling for the year. Great, fantastic. Nothing's come from that so far in the last two years. W whether it's I don't know, a guaranteed spot in the G1, like, odds are you're going to be in that anyway. Um, or maybe it's the, the potential for, like, being able to, to cash that in, kind of as the the option C thing with the, the X Division Championship and Impact. I, I think it would be interesting to have that be able to cash it in, maybe not for a, a, a world title shot, but for a US title shot or for a Never Open Weight Championship match. I think it would be really interesting. Speaking of Never, uh, the six-man tag team titles online. Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, fresh off of winning the IWGP World Tag Team Championships last night, teaming up with Yo to take on Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, and Sho, who are the defending champions. Yo hits a fantastic dropkick onto Sho, sends him to the floor. That was a little bit more of the fire that I wanted to see out of Yo last night. We saw that tonight, and then we got some of the more... Um, traditional Bullet Club stuff. Yujiro takes the corner pad out, and the early story is they're working away on Goto, and they're just having to, to cheat a whole lot. In the end, they distract the ref. Evil hits Yo in the penis with a wrench, and then tosses it to Sho, who hits him in the brain with it, and that's the end of that match. After uh, a break, and after Noah comes in and calls out the New Japan roster, which was it was really, really interesting to, to see that, and I thought they did a good job of hyping up the pay-per-view a few days from now. Um, we have our cleaning intermission. We come back with Great Okan against Sonata. It's a bit of a feeling out start. I find Sonata so interesting in this company and his place in it. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but I, I just, I am always, 
I'm always fascinated by his matches, but I always feel like there's a little bit extra that he can give. Uh, one of the interesting early parts in this match was the Great Ocon teasing that he was worried about the, the dive to the outside. We saw that last night. We saw it again today. But then early on, he actually does it in the match. We have a series of counters to each man's submission hold. One of the, the nice ones was Ocon with a very good counter. As Sonata's going for an O'Connor roll, Khan reaches around and grabs him with that claw. I thought that was really really good. We get some more counter exchanges and then just like that Sonata gets the win. You you had Ocon try a um a moonsault and then into a claw and then it's just a bit of a scramble and Sonata gets the win. So the story they're telling is that the Great Ocon was trying to beat Sonata at his own game and Sonata just catches him for the win. I think this is the start of a big year for Sonata. Now we've said that before, but I I really truly think it is. I, I was going to bring this up a little bit later on. Um this whole thing is spoiler alerts, right? So you probably know what's going to happen and if not you don't care um but the the, the united empire goes over three on this night and wh park i believe was the one who brought it up on the on post uh wrestling i wonder if this opens the door for zach saber jr to take over this group and kind of lead it as um as a breakout for him and spin Osprey into something else. He just he fits the dynamic of this group a little bit better. And I, I wonder if Ocon trying to do a bit more of the Osprey style and it costing him and you could kind of tie it in with Zack Sabre Jr. saying, hey, look, I know your style better than this guy does. Let me lead you. I think that would be a very interesting way to, to go about things. Uh, match number six, Tetsuya Naito takes on Jeff Cobb. Cobb swarms Naito to start. Uh, Naito starts to, to work away on the knee to create some space. One of the, the fun spots in this one, and there were quite a few. Um, Naito teases the, the Tranquilo pose and then hits a baseball slide onto Cobb. Uh, once they're on the floor, Cobb counters Destino with a suplex into the ring post and then just a, um, as Conor McGregor would describe it on The Ultimate Fighter, an interesting tud on the floor as he hit hard. When they're back in the ring, Cobb stays in control. Naito is slowing him with those shots to the knee. Um, we see an elbow on Cobb, and then um, with Cobb down on the mat, instead of doing that kind of basement drop kick to the head, Naito does it to the knee. And then you have him do the, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher the the, spa, the the Spanish on it, but the, the combination cabron in the corner where it's like the, he tr hits the drop kick, trips him as he's seated. He does the slingshot drop kick and normally hits him in the chest area. This time he exaggerates it a little bit more and hits the knee. Just it's those little details that make you go from a great performer to one of the elite performers. And that's where Tetsuya Naito really reminded us in this match that he is one of the, the best in the world. Cobb, though, was with him every step in the way. Uh, he hits a, a deadlift German. He's selling the knee really well. It, it didn't completely kill his offense, but it also, he didn't ignore it either. The, the way he was moving and the way he was kind of adjusting his offense, I thought was actually selling the knee really, really well. Um, and it, it comes into play in the finish. As, as Cobb goes for the tour of the islands, he kind of stumbles on it. Naito hits a counter, and then he hits Destino for the win, and that is something that will come up a little bit later. Later on. Match number seven, Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Kenta, a no disqualification match for the United States Championship. Tanahashi, uh, Tan Tanahashi, holy smokes. Hiroshi Tanahashi going all out with the kendo sticks early on. Kenta, though, does take the early advantage, but Tanahashi, there was no 
hesitancy from him in this match in using the the weapons. We saw a little bit of it at the end, and we'll get to that, but um, he definitely definitely was not shying away from it. He goes and gets a guitar, which I thought was a lovely touch because he's the, the air guitar guy. He, that's been his shtick for forever. He goes, he grabs the guitar that was super not gimmicked and cranks Kenta in the head with it, and it just leaves a hole in there. It was a... Oh boy, that looked like it sucked a lot. Um, one of the, the stories that they tell is that at some point in this feud, Kenta hit a powerbomb onto Tanahashi on a pile of chairs. So Tanahashi counters by hitting a sling blade onto him. While he's laying on them, Tana goes for a high fly flow, which is a frog splash, and eats nothing but chairs. This looked so painful. Not the most painful of the match, but it looked so painful. But again, you have the guy who's been the ace of this company for so long just going balls to the wall in this match. Uh, Kenta will counter by piling all the chairs onto Tanahashi and hits a hesitation dropkick on him. Tanahashi gets out of a GTS for twist and shout, then he does it again onto the chairs. Kenta, um, at one point, was placed on a table and goes up. Uh, Tanahashi looked like he was setting up for a high fly flow through the table, but Kenta gets off of it, goes to the top rope, and hits a falcon arrow from the top rope through the table. Then Kenta grabs a massive ladder from under the ring. And this was where the English commentary, I thought, did a really good job. Instead of it's just like, yeah, of course, there's a giant fucking ladder under the ring. Why wouldn't there be? They explain, that's, hey, that's the, the ladder that they use to set up all of the, the different lighting fixtures in the Tokyo Dome. So this is a huge ladder that Kenta gets on. Um, it takes him a little bit of time to, to get up of it, though, and Tanahashi is able to, to get up, shakes him off, and this is where it takes a bit of a turn. As Kenta, I don't know if he's supposed to get hung up on the ropes like we've seen in some of those spots before, but he falls nose first onto a garbage can and is gushing uh, out of it. They, they said that um, on the, the English broadcast that it was a, a laceration to his eye. Kevin Kelly's at home, so he's watching the same broadcast we are, so it's, it, it would be easy to miss, but it, it definitely looked like at least a broken nose for, for Kenta as he was bleeding good. Tanahashi climbs to the top of this ladder and from a mile in the sky hits a high fly flow, which is again the frog splash on Kenta through the table. The table's covered in blood, so is Kenta, and Tanahashi is covered in glory as he wins the United States Championship, and you could see after there was a bit of regret in Tanahashi as there was kind of a I, I want it but uh, at what cost sort of a, a moment there but I, I thought this was a spectacular match and it, it wasn't one of those like there, there was some kind of plunder things where I'm gonna hit you with the trash can lid no I'm gonna hit you with the trash can lid like there was some of that shit in there but um, overall, there was a story that was told in this match. It tied in months worth of storytelling from these two. I thought this was an exceptional match and one that I, I think you should go out of your way to, to watch. Which brings us to the main event of the evening. It is Kazuchika Okada defending his IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against the man who never lost it, Will Ospreay. There's a bit of a methodical pace early on. Osprey hits a spinning, uh, I have here sidewalk slam. I think he turned it into a backbreaker and I just missed it. But either way, he spun a whole lot and while well, he was holding him kind of like a baby and then crashed him into something. Okada slows his momentum by hitting an elevated flapjack. And this was where you kind of got reminded. Because I... After the the speaking out and while well, Will Ospreay not directly involved, kind of indirectly by potentially blackballing someone who was involved in the in that, you, you just it, it's tough for me to get into a, a Will Ospreay match and 
um, it was at this point where you remember, oh, right, this guy is still one of the best in the world at this, even though as a human being, eh. Um, there's a good exchange on the apron. Okada hits a dropkick that sends Osprey just flying. Um, Okada tries that diving cross body block spot that we saw last night, uh, but Osprey is ready for it, hits a super kick, Okada comes crashing down on his knee. Um, Osprey climbs up high onto one of those, the, the lighting trust things, and hits a perfect moonsault onto Okada and this is where we start to to really pick up now into kind of the second and third act of this match um Okada catches Osprey who's doing the the Sasuke special like the the cartwheelie deal and then diving to the outside um Okada catches him and hits a tombstone pile driver which was great then you get a phenomenal series of counters that sees Osprey countering a, an Okada dropkick with a Liger bomb for two it was excellent after he countered a Rainmaker and a German suplex he has Okada hung up on the ropes it's a shooting star press then he does the same with him laying in the ring Osprey hits the Oz cutter for two and then I, I'm I always think I'm hearing it wrong. I believe they call it the Chelsea grin, but it's his elbow to a, a prone Okada hitting him on the back of the head. Um, it's that move. He goes for another one. Okada ducks and then goes for the tombstone. Osprey counters, hits a tombstone of his own, and then mocks the Rainmaker pose. He goes for the Rainmaker. Okada counters and hits Osprey Stormbreaker for two. Osprey then gets out of a Rainmaker by hitting a Spanish Fly, and both men are down. As they get to their feet, Osprey hits a Super Oz Cutter for two. He tries a Stormbreaker. Okada counters with a Spinning Tomb Zone, um, and then the Rainmaker is countered into the Stormbreaker. Okada gets out, hits a Discus Lariat, drills him with the Rainmaker, and Osprey kicks out at 2.9999999. At this point, we are getting into just a, a phenomenal pace in this match. Both guys working their ass off. Both guys proving why they are two of the best that this planet has to offer in professional wrestling. Okada goes for the money clip. Osprey reaches for the ropes. Okada flips him away, tries the Rainmaker. Osprey hits his own Rainmaker. They exchange big forearms, and this is where... Okada starts to pull ahead as he gets the best of him and drops him. Okada hits two short arm clotheslines, then tries a Rainmaker, but Osprey counters uh, by tossing him and then hitting a forearm smash. Then he drills him with the Chelsea grin, and this was his longest long um, uh, near fall sorry, of the night with a, a two as well. Osprey, this was the part I didn't like. He he hits the, the pump knee that looked an awful lot like a V-trigger and then drills him with a headbutt. And it's like... <sighs> We just watched Katsuyori Shibata last night be the cautionary tale. Of, hey, when you do some of this shit, it can go really poorly for you. And I get the strong style and all of that stuff. We don't need headbutts in 2021. That one, honestly, um, that took it from being a five-star match for me to down to like four and a half or 4.75. Like I just, I could not get this to five stars because of that spot. It just, it made me so uncomfortable as I hit my desk with a baseball that I've been fidgeting with. Um... Osprey then goes charging in. Okada catches him with a, pi a picture-perfect dropkick and then delivers another Rainmaker to close the show. This was spectacular. The The last few matches on this card, like there are, talk about like, oh yeah, go back and, and check this one out. You definitely want to go check out the women's tag team match. You absolutely want to see Naito against Cobb, Tanahashi against Kenta, and Okada against Osprey. This whole show is, eh, the, the first match, there's some fun stuff in there. But like this this whole show is one that you are wanting to, to go back to. Um, and I just, I feel better 
about the company coming out of these two nights as I did coming in, which is kind of what you, you would want coming out of this show. You feel good about Okada as champion. Uh, if Shingo was the champion too, I would be totally okay with that. As Okada is delivering his speech, Naito comes out and Okada says, what better way to go into our 50th anniversary than with Naito against Okada? We've seen it before, but the feud's fantastic. I think that you're going to have some very good matches with that. And then you have some new faces on the come up. We, we've seen Sonata hang around title contention before. I think this could be the year he gets into the main event picture. Zack Sabre Jr. is always hanging around that. Jeff Cobb certainly deserves that spotlight as well. You have Shingo, who is still in the title picture as well. And then you have guys who would be in kind of an intercontinental title range with Tai Chi, with the Great Okan. I thought they implemented the Stardom stuff really well. I thought they implemented the Noah stuff really well. That This just, this felt like a bit of a rejuvenation for... New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I, I just, I, I was, I was very meh on the company coming into this, and even coming into tonight after night one, there, there was a couple of matches that I liked, but this one really reminded me what New Japan is is capable of. So it was. Yeah, just a, a great night. And now I, I'm excited to see what goes on with the Noah show. I'm excited to see what is next for Stardom as they go into 2022 on a bit of a high note. This is just one of those shows where you come away feeling better about professional wrestling. And that's all we can ask from one of the biggest shows of the year. That's going to do it for me. Um, I need some sleep and I need to stop yelling while others in this household try to get some sleep. Later on this afternoon, we'll have the more traditional Couch Potato Diary podcast. Um, got a few things to talk about in the world of the National Hockey League. And we'll have the Bad Fantasy team that probably, be, uh, probably beat yours. So we will get into all of that coming up on the show later this afternoon. Remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Check out Clearwater. Cleaning Solutions, the studio sponsor for Couch Potato Diary, and I'll talk to you later today.